we'll read them right quick and then I'll mention them as we go uh, go go forth. But the, this is some background, and as we've said many many times, uh, the Bible is true from first to end. And if God says it one time, it's true. And if He says it multiple times, it's it's that much more that we need to 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 hear. John 1, 10 through thirteen. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus came to the Jews the Jews rejected it. But to as many as believe him, not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, but of the will of God. Revelation 1, 17, 18. This is John speaking. He said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. For I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through his wisdom did not come to know God. God was pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for a sign. Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block to the Gentiles foolishness but to those who are called both Jew and Greek Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the meekness of God is stronger than men Isaiah 55 for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are my ways Excuse me, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than 
reference those some when we, when we come to them as background. Matthew 16. Um, Jesus had just fed the 4,000 and they uh, uh, had plenty. And then verse 39 of verse chapter 15, and sending the crowd away, Jesus got in the boat and came to the region of Magnet. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came up to him and testing him. They asked him, show them a sign from heaven. We just read in here that that we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stoning block. We also saw that uh, that he was the one. So in verse 2 he replied to me when it is evening you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time? An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And a sign will not be given except that of Jonah. That ought to be familiar with you. Turn back to Matthew chapter 12. Verses 38 in chapter 12. Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign. <laughs> but he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, but yet no sign will be given but the sign of Jonah the prophet. So Jesus has said it again. He says, You know, you. We've been through this crowd before and, and you want a sign and I'm telling you that the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah and the prophet. I was told years ago that you don't ask the second time for what God has specifically said no to the first time. It's kind of like, you know, child going to his mother can I do this and she says what does your daddy say and your daddy said no you know well I say no too <laughs> so he's bringing up the same thing and they, they said it was testing him but you can kind of see I read between the lines that Jesus was a little provoked with him he says you can tell the signs of the signs of the sky and yet you seek after a sign None will be given except the sign of John. And the latter part of verse 4, and he left them and went away. 
And as the disciples came on the other side of the sea, but they had forgot to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Well, Delta and I have lived together long enough that she almost completes my sentences when I start to ask something. And she, uh, <laughs> I said, we need to do this. And she said, I was just thinking about that. Well, Jesus in verse 6, um, we don't have any, any prelude except the disciples were aware that they didn't bring any bread. And Jesus said, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They couldn't read Jesus' mind. Isaiah said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways, nor are your ways my ways. The Lord was mentioning something else, but they knew in their heart that they hadn't brought any bread. Verse 7. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, he said that because we did not bring any bread. You know, putting a square peg in a round hole, you know, here, here we are. But Jesus, aware of this, said, you men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that we don't have any bread? <laughs> Do you not understand or remember the five loaves and the five thousand and how many baskets full were picked up? Or the seven loaves and the four thousand and how many large baskets full you picked up? Why is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? Well, don't be too hard on the, on the disciples because um, we ask for things that he's already told us about. We've seen him do miracles time and time again and he's answered prayer time and time again. And yet we come back and say, you know, Jesus could make any bread he wanted to as as he's proved in these people that he's fed. And yet, about the last line of that, I did not speak to you concerning bread, verse 11, but we wear the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We wear the yeast that creeps in, the leaven that creeps in. Verse 12, then they understood that he did not say beware of the leaven of the bread, but the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I think if we've learned anything during these last several months is the power of of the bombarding of information 
uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, it's out there, you know. And and who do you believe or who you don't believe, you know? It's uh, it's it's that thing. Um, I was doing a little reminiscing in my own life and and thinking about the war, World War II. Dan was in Belgium at the time, and I was just five years old, but mother didn't have a radio, but Daddy Polk did. And every afternoon, she would go to Daddy Polk's house to listen to the radio because Edward R. Burrow was coming home. There wasn't any news staff on CBS at that time. But he, being a war correspondent, took him on himself and he was in England more times than not. And he broadcast what was going on in the war. And Mother hung on to every word of what it was. Dad couldn't tell her where he was, but through her, the letters that they wrote, she kind of pieced it together what was going on. In this particular case, he says, beware the leaven. That was the Edward R. Merle during World War II. That was pretty authoritative. That's not the media we have today. And you, and you get lost in, in all of these things. Beware of the living. Be careful. We talked about that last week about people adding to what we know is scripture. And we're going to delve in right quick into a, maybe a controversial thing here. But uh, we need to know beware of the living. Be careful of what you hear. Be careful of what you, you believe. Be careful of where you go. Verses 13. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do you say the Son of Man is? Now the Son of Man is mentioned 24 times in Matthew. Jesus himself calls himself the Son of Man. And he does it three times in this chapter. So he says, the, he says, who do people say the Son of Man is? Verse 14, and they say, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the, king, the keys of the kingdom of 
heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Beware the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they may influence you. We have a great denomination that's built around verses 18 and 19 in this, this chapter. Uh, our Catholic friends base a lot of where they are on this right here. They consider Peter to be the first pope and this is their church and they have the keys uh, to heaven and hell. Uh, <laughs> you got to be careful, you know. Uh, it was not until the early 70s that, uh, or the mid-60s or early 70s that our Catholic friends were even allowed to have a Bible and read it for themselves. The priest was to tell them what, what, what they needed to know. Dr. Ryle, who I've been following and who I've been reading from, is, um, is he's an old contemporary. He's in the contemporary of, um, of, of um, I keep forgetting it, but Spurgeon. Thank you. This is what he says. It may, may be well to mention here that a complete delusion is supposed that scriptures can be interpreted according to the unanimous consent of the fathers. There is no unanimous consent. There were several councils early in the Christian life and they came to a consensus that this is what um, they needed to believe. We'll see real quickly that Peter was a man. He had he had the same desires and everything else. Now this is this is before Peter received the Holy Spirit. It's before he denied him three times. It's before, as we see in just a minute, where he rebukes the Lord of heaven. So to say that Peter has the keys is kind of laughable to the whole thing. Dr. Ryle says the true meaning of the promise to Peter appears that he was to have special privileges for opening the door of the salvation to Jews and Gentiles. As Pastor Bobby has been bringing us through Acts, we know that, that, that Peter's great sermon there after Pentecost and people were saved, many people were saved, go a little bit further as we have already done in this in this class and gonna 
Acts chapter 10 when we see that 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 Peter was gone to Cornelius, a Gentile, and he had the vision, rise and eat. And the Lord told him, he says, what I've made clean is not common or unclean. So Peter did. He preached to the masses and and there, and right after the Spirit was given, and then he reached out first to the to the Gentiles. And yet, according to Galatians 2, Paul had to call him down. In, in Galatians 2, he says, I confronted Peter face to face because he was acting like he shouldn't act. What he was doing was he was eating with the Gentiles there and having a good time. But when Peter, when some Peter people came from Jerusalem and the Jews were there, he quit fellowshipping with them and just dealt with the Jews. He said, no, Paul. I mean, no, Peter, you need to, you need to be the same man that you were a few days ago before these Jews came there. I'm afraid we're guilty of that too. I'm sure if the governor came to my house, I would treat him a little bit different than I would. Maybe you might. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, that's sometimes human nature, and that's the way we are. Yet with all his faults, Peter was a fervent, single-minded servant of Christ with all his imperfections. And he's given us a pattern to follow today. So let's go back and look at, at this little thing and dissect it a little bit if, if we can. Um, verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, you're right on, but you didn't think of it. <laughs> the Lord told you, and that's good. Verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter, Okay? You are Peter. Uh, real quickly, if you turn you to John 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 1. This is John's account of the early ministry of the Lord. And they were talking about verse 40. He says, he heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. 41, and he found first his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated means the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, Simon, son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which is translated 
Peter. And when you look that those words up, and that's been word Peter has been translated rock. And to the Jews, it had a it had a lot of connotation. This is Dr. Wordsby. He said, the Jewish men steeped in the Old Testament scripture recognize the rock as a symbol of God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. Deuteronomy 32. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Psalms 18. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? Psalms 18. 31. So this rock that Jesus is talking about in Matthew uh, 16, you are the rock. You're Peter, the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. That's the first time that Jesus ever said anything about the church. And he clarified whose church it was. My church. My church. As we read over here in, in uh, Revelation. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me and saying, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I am the keys of death and Hades. Have you ever watched a mash years ago? Father Mulcahy, a lot of the times he administered life's rights. Last rites in the Catholic Church is basically, if you're given last rites, you're absolved from any sin. There's not but one way to be saved, and that's by faith in Jesus' finished work at Calvary. The blood. Our whole Christianity is based on the fact that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for us. Anybody who believes in him, that's the way we're saved. And we're brought into my church. And we have an assembly here of believers and 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 we have a great fellowship. But to say that we're the only ones, that's ludicrous. There's a, a universal church. I don't care where you go, who you are, where you see, you meet people, and without saying anything, just observing and talking just a little bit, you can know that if there was people or your people, if they know the Lord and you know the Lord, you don't know who they 
what brand of people they are on, <laughs> you know. Um, we had, a, as a boy growing up, we had an Italian produce supplier. Sal de Vincini. Salvador de Vincini. I, I don't suppose I could remember his name if it was Morris, but anyway, I could remember it if it was Salvador de Vincini. Sal was a Catholic. But he witnessed to the faith of Jesus every time I saw him. And as a boy, it made an impression upon me. And I'm convinced I'll see Sal in heaven. But he's going to get there the same way that I got there, or will get there, in that my faith in Jesus' finished work on Calvary. That's the only way. So, my church here is not this edifices or not somewhere downtown. It's, it's everywhere that born-again believers gather. Verse 20, he says, tell no, and then he warned the disciples that they should tell no man. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Just like we studied in Mark, when we studied in Mark, there's a time where Jesus' public ministry turns inward and he starts teaching in depth to his disciples. And this is the first time he says, I got to go to the cross. What he said here was, he says, I got to suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block for me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. For my thoughts are not your thoughts or my ways, declares the Lord. 1 Corinthians, for indeed Jews ask for a sign, Greeks seek wisdom. For we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Gentiles foolishness. For to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. It wasn't the way I probably would have written a book. But Jesus came to this world at the time the Father said to die on a rugged cross for you and me. The gospel song that we've played in here before, you know, 
when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And here he says, get behind me, Satan, because you don't know the whole story. That's Bill's paraphrase. But you're setting your mind not on God's interest, but on man's. Well, there's a little bit left in this chapter. I'll let you Art pick it up next week. And we'll we'll go from there. Uh, the rock Jesus was talking about was Peter's confession. And he's built his church on that confession. And as, as Revelation said, Jesus is the beginning and the end, and he's the man that has the keys to the kingdom. Any comments? Okay. Well, we'll pray and you sweet for folks will wipe down this place a little bit. I'd appreciate it. And we'll be here next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for everything. We thank you that your church is not confined, confined to brick and mortar, but around the world, people who have put their faith in you, my brothers, my sisters, we thank you for them. Bless us as we go from this place. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name.